It is that time in the week when we join our friends over at Black Box Reporter and dig in between the headlines to all the little juicy nuggets that don't get the attention they deserve. But more and more these days, they seem to be getting the spotlight. And of course, we turn to our friend Tom Korski, who is the managing editor over at Black Box Reporter. Good to have you, sir. Thank you, Alex. Hey, I just wanted to ask you something about uh, a comment that David Lametti uh, said yesterday in his press conference. He was talk- asked about, you know, have you gotten your mandate letter yet? And he's like, I hope so, uh, soon. How are these ministers doing, how do they not have a mandate letter yet? Like, that, this government took months off after the election. What are they doing? The mandate letters were never public until 2015. And that was really a, you know, that was a showpiece <laughs> disclosure move by yeah. cabinet. That that was very 2015, uh, Alex. I, I know there are some reporters <laughs> who are keenly interested to see the latest mandate letters. I'd like to point out all the times where they don't comply with the old mandate letters. But if Dave Lametti doesn't know what his job is as attorney general at this point, there are other problems besides the letter getting lost in the mail. Well, maybe he's just looking for clarity as to what will get him thrown under the bus. Like maybe he's just like, what exactly is going to get me wearing Trudeau's mess? I mean, it's a fair question, right? I mean, I would just like to see maybe, you know, reporters just say, remember that transparency thing you ran on? Are we ever going to have any? Well, you know, what's interesting, as you recall, it was a it was a huge election campaign and it was about resetting building back better uh, so far. And, and, and that was September 20th. So there's been some water over the dam since then. There's been bills introduced that are very pro forma, old rehashes of news releases, bills that were lapsed in the last parliament. It's not obvious why cabinet wanted this job because if like there's simply no evidence of this you know we're lookout world here we come 2022 it's going to be great uh, like uh, we just don't see it on the parliamentary calendar it's frankly it's pretty pro forma they're getting beat up in committee don't get me wrong but but if Dave Lametti had you know any any kapow moments on legislation that just hasn't shown yet no, but there are lots of things as you dig up that are going to be a big burrs under the saddle of this uh, government. And, and one of those things will be, you know, trying to present the actual costs of the cabinet's uh, pandemic relief bill, which they're trying to push through right now for about seven and a half billion dollars, um, which is higher than it was estimated, according to your reporting. And the Commons Finance Committee was told yesterday, well, you know, we're continually racing to push the money out the door, uh, but they don't clarify like where's the money going i mean the government is trying to say all the speedy money being pushed out the door is an excuse for for this lack of transparency they want billions more in spending but they can't account for the money that they have spent which would include the report last week of what's like 600 billion that can't be accounted for even mps can't get answers this this is uh, the only friends that taxpayers have are yeah. members of the Commons Finance Committee. And, and I want to stress, this was all opposition parties were absolutely in lockstep in expressing outrage over this. So this is a, a, a cabinet bill to extend more pandemic relief programs, 
they estimated would cost $7.4 billion. They wouldn't explain where they got that number. They wouldn't explain how many people would be assisted by these subsidies. They wouldn't explain under what circumstances cabinet would further extend the subsidies and what that would cost. MPs were outraged. And as one put it, Greg McLean from Calgary said, you know, uh, lax times during COVID, and, but that's over now. Taxpayers and their representatives, members of parliament, now want some answers because this business of saying, you know, it, it, was, it was a very frightening, exciting time, wasn't it, 2020? That was last year. Now you have to do sober accounting. They can't even publish public accounts to explain where the spending has gone. They, they only next week will finally update their deficit figure for last March. This is unacceptable, Alex, because this is serious borrowing and spending. These are hundred-year debts. Yeah, well, it should be a bigger question. I mean, this government of transparency um, has not presented a comprehensive budget in two years. This is a financial update. They keep getting away with the handing like a piece of paper and saying, here's our update. But there are a lot of dollars and cents that can't be accounted for. It might all be adding up to something, Tom, but you're right. We are the taxpayer. The fact that they don't seem to think that they need to justify the spending to me says that either they have no clue what they're doing or they're, they've lost control. And that comment was made by, in fact, a new Democrat MP, Daniel Blakey from Winnipeg, who said, when he could not get simple answers to straightforward questions, when, why, how much, who, mm. said, you know, either you senior managers of the finance department come into parliamentary committee and try to obfuscate with legislators, or you don't know the answer because cabinet never asked you those questions. Either way, this is like a boiler explosion. It's horrible. There's something wrong. When they raised the, raised the debt ceiling and they did 56% to $1.8 trillion, almost the entire value of Canada's economy, mm -hmm. and only a couple of cabinet ministers and the bondholders know all the details. That's a problem. It is a problem. And um, luckily, Christian Freeland has agreed uh, that she'll sit down in front of committee after she prevents this uh, so-called update on the 14th, uh, three days before the House breaks, and she'll, ex she'll try to explain things. So... That should be interesting um, because she will get grilled. Nonetheless, I want to talk about this guy because, yes, there's a cost to covering up for Mr. Trudeau. And the spokesperson, this is the guy who promised us that Justin Trudeau was not on a beach on Reconciliation Day, uh, got demoted. And so uh, the prime minister, for those of you who might not recall, was uh, photographed twice on a beach in, in um, Tofino when he should have been at services or standing up in front of the day that he put aside for truth and reconciliation. Um, this day of, of mourning, um, you know, and now Alex Wellstead has been uh, taken on to doing new challenges. It was a very difficult decision, to him. I mean, as if he made that decision. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah. I love that. I love it. I want, I want to spend more time with my family. I love it when they say <laughs> it is. It's gold. This is the beach guy. Yeah. You recall, as you point out, Alex, Reconciliation Day, a day of a somber observance for uh, Indigenous children who uh, suffered and some died yeah. in state care mm -hmm. at Indian residential schools, a legal holiday proclaimed by Cabinet Bill. And Alex Wellstead was the guy who told reporters that the prime minister was in private meetings in Ottawa. That was a lie. Mm -hmm. 
And then he actually told Canadian press, hey, he may be in Tofino, but it's not like he's walking on a beach until doggone it. (laughs) They actually took pictures of the prime minister walking, literally walking on a beach and then enjoying a glass of beer on a beachfront patio on somber reconciliation observance day. So I guess somebody had to roll on this one. And it was Alex, uh, the official spokesperson for a G7 leader, who will not be having that job anymore. They shuffled him off to the Department of Industry. Good night and good luck, Alex, where, wherever you are. Yeah, so, so it's not that he lied. It's that he lied badly. Yeah, he got caught lying. So that, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, every time he would put a tweet out, that's the worst. Saying, that's not the prime minister. But well, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's when you get caught lying. That's that's the worst. That's the worst in Ottawa. All right, quickly, I want to get into this one: airports, banks, radio stations, and all the federally regulated, uh, regulated private employers could be fined in uh, with big fines if they don't mandate vaccination of their workers. This, according to the Labor Department, they're actually um, they were possibly going to strip workers of legal rights at one point um, to challenge the vaccine orders. I guess the Labor Department was going to rewrite the Canadian Labor Code to mandate vaccinations for almost a million private sector employees. Um, so at one point, were they was Cabinet planning to rewrite the charter? Because there is a charter in this country. It does have protections for things like this or for people to challenge things like this. Does, does this government not realize that? Well, it's it's interesting, isn't it? A couple of points. The, the Department of Health lawyers, these this is legal counsel to the Department of Health, had stated in the past that mandatory vaccination was unconstitutional. It was simply illegal in yeah. Canada, could not be done. That's it, period. Absolutely unlawful. You know what's interesting? And in all this uh, vaccine witch hunt business that has gone on, Alex, federally, do you know Mm-hmm. There has not been a single regulation put in black and white. We have looked, we have called, we have asked people, not one regulation. And here's another example where they say that if you are a federally regulated private sector employer, you will face administrative monetary penalties. Fancy phrase means a cash fine. If you do not compel your employees to be vaccinated, okay, that sounds unconstitutional. Show me the rule, because we're Canadians. We live in an industrialized democracy. Everyone has the right to know under what rules and regulations they are governed. Where's the regulation? You'll never guess what, Alex. It doesn't exist. And the feds have been doing this for months. They're getting away with it. My little friends in the media like to follow that lead, and then they will chase around employers, MPs, senators, you name it. Are you vaccinated? Are you vaccinated? Let's see the regulation. You're getting fed up with it, right? No more just news releases. Yeah. Yeah, no speeches, no secret announcements. Just show us the regulations so then some people can start calling lawyers. That's why they don't show them. Interesting. All right. All righty, Tom. Thank you very much. Lots of little nuggets today, and uh, we very much appreciate that. My pleasure, Alex. Thank you. That is Mr. Tom Korski, managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. If you're looking for a nice little stocking stuffer, that would be the one. They always deliver.